I'm your host, Jenny Hopkins, and this show is presented to you by Great Southern Bank. They're our presenting sponsor, and we're very grateful for Joe Turner and Kelly Polonis, all the teammates over at Great Southern Bank. Great Southern Bank is serious about convenience. With nearly 100 banking centers in six states, hundreds of ATMs, and mobile and online banking services, you're always in touch with your money. Learn more at greatsouthernbank.com, member FDIC. Other sponsors throughout the show that we will talk about, they are hand-picked. Highland Dairy. Highland Area, there you go. Greg you go. Stevenson, we appreciate um, his his support as well. Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance, Bill Grant Ford and Bolivar, Story Construction, West Logging, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard Carts. So before we get to uh, the rowdy crew I have in the studio tonight, I want to recap last week. Last week, talk about another rowdy crew. I went over to KY3 and I met with the Ozone Sports Team, Mark Spillane, Jacob Sersosimo, Chris Ninehouse and Chris Parker all gave me, it took two hours, and we had a great conversation. Um, this team over there, they do such a tremendous job with their sports coverage, and we appreciated uh, their efforts. It was wonderful to be able to sit down and get kind of a behind-the-scenes look at how they cover so many sports in the Ozarks. So thank yous to those guys. You can go and listen to that episode on A Coach's Perspective Com. You can listen to it under previous shows, or you can listen to it on iTunes. You can listen to it on Spotify, Verbal, and on Helium Satellite Radio. All right, so it's back. I feel like we should play some, you know, some Darth Vader music from Star Wars. <laughs> the officials are in the house. And so I am excited to have um, quite a crew here. Um, I have a three-man crew in the studio. I want to welcome to the show Eddie Duggar. Thanks for being here. Glad to be here. And Tim Bishop, thank you for being here. Glad to be here. And John Sterling, I'm glad that you are here. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, we invited Kelly Holt. He said he wasn't tough enough to come on the show with us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can say that. You all better not yeah, say anything no. like that. No, we can't. Yeah. So, um, gosh, it's, it's hot in here. I think I'm going to take my jacket off if you don't mind. Oh, nice. <laughs> hey, we like it. Nice one. Nice mm. I thought I would dress for Now you need a whistle and you're in. You're That's in. right. Matter up. Yes. So it is radio. You all can't see me, but I am wearing the stripes. And as a former coach, it's like itchy. I don't know. It's like, I don't know how it feels. I don't know. I don't feel like there's a lot of breathing room. But, um, yeah. Thought I would wear this special outfit for you all looks tonight. Great. It looks great. Of course, good. thank you to Ron. It's not Don't let anyone see it with the me. shortage you're in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Sign her up. Sign her up. Yep. <laughs> all right. So now that I'm dressed properly and I've introduced my panel, let's dive into this. We're going to talk a little bit tonight about officiating. We're going to dive into so many different angles. But the very first angle that I want to talk about, and I'm hoping... <laughs> that Eddie Duggar is not on social media. Are you a big social media guy? No. So I'm hoping that you don't know this. I was hoping that we would be able to tell you this on air. Um, we have uh, the Missouri Basketball Coaches Association. We have a lot of gratitude toward officials and toward media personnel. And in our Hall of Fame every year, we alter putting in a media person and official. And this past weekend, the NBCA Hall of Fame Committee has decided to induct you into our Hall of Fame. Well, thank you very much. Congratulations, yeah. Eddie. Congratulations, Eddie. Yeah. So that's that's a big attaboy. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I appreciate that. Thank yeah. You. Unexpected. <laughs> yes. Well, you've been officiating for 38 years. Yes, I have. A long time wearing the stripes. A lot of ball games. And for some reason, a lot of coaches like you. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but... But 
it is um, a big honor, uh, you know, for a coaches association to step up and recognize. I think we only have two other officials uh, so far that have been inducted. And Thank so, you. congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah, very exciting. Start writing your speech. That's outstanding. He's, <laughs> if anyone deserves something like that, it's Eddie Duggar. Yeah. Well, I think not only have you had the experience, um, but you have also been a mentor to a lot of officials, and you've you've been a lot you've been a great mentor to up and coming officials. You've also tried to um, talk people into getting into officiating. You've been a great ambassador for the profession. So I'm going to start with you and ask okay. you know what is it that you like about officiating? Uh, the camaraderie. Um, just uh, I make a lot of friends over the years yeah. doing this, and I love doing basketball more than any other sport. Yeah, yep. it is pretty cool. It sport. is pretty cool. <laughs> yes, definitely. All right. Well, you got a couple of other guys here, I do. so um, I will say that uh, these are and they're Hall of Famers in my book. And who knows, <laughs> one day they stay with it. I can see that happening for them as well. Um, I'm going to start with um, John Sterling. You've been officiating for 26 years. Right. What is it about wearing the stripes and getting out there um, in front of the crowd and calling this game and 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 managing? All of those athletes and coaches, what do you like about that? First off, I like being around people. You know, I'm giving back to the game. I have a son myself that played. Uh, my family played. And it's just something that you can give back as long as you enjoy doing it. You know, that's a positive. Uh, you make a lot of great friends. Some of my best friends have came from officiating. You know, we are a brotherhood <laughs> and a sisterhood. We got some females, too. We're just a big group that really respects and loves each other. So that's what drew me to it. And also just the, you can get exercise, you know, you don't want to make it your permanent job, but you should go out and get in shape by running up and down the basketball court. Good fitness component too. Fitness it. Component, yeah. component. And there are a lot of great officials out there. You know, um, you know, we have had um, some official panels before, and one of the things that I think always kind of sticks out is they do talk about the culture of it um, and how there is a, a certain culture around officiating um, that you have each other's back um, and yes. that you're a support system. Yes, we are a support system. You know, when one of us does bad, it looks like we all do bad. If somebody has a problem, it's all of our problems. That's how we address it. You dress alike, and so, the, so all for one and one for all. All for one, one for all. <laughs> We're a team out there. Yes. That makes a big difference. All right. So I also have Tim Bishop in the studio. I'm very excited to have you. Um, you know, I, I did kind of handpick these three guys. They're, they're three of my favorite. I have a lot of favorite officials, but um, I've enjoyed uh, getting to know them over the years as a coach and a broadcaster as well. Um, you know, and, and Tim, I, I think that you always do a tremendous job. What is it that you like about it? Because you can tell you, you have a lot of fun when you officiate. You know, there, there's, there's been several times when on the basketball floor when things are starting to get a little hairy, get a little crazy, and, and I slide over to either my partners or, or a head coach if I'm standing there, and I'll look at them and I say, you know, is there any place better to be tonight than in a high school gym yeah. with the fans that care? You know, uh, you go to you go to some places and every single whistle, the fans live and die, <laughs> and uh, it's all, it's great. There's there's pressure there, and uh, I absolutely love high school sports. It's not I chose basketball to referee, but I, I could sit and watch high school sports just because it is it, it's it's pure athleticism. The kids and the fans. You know, it's 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 just an amazing place, and I'm a big fan, and 
feel fortunate that I get to be close to the action on the floor watching as well. And it's, it is extremely gratifying, has been. Yeah, it is. Um, I think that's a great way to put it. It is uh, nice to, it's a, it's a role that's valued um, and appreciated. Sometimes you don't feel that, but we can say that to you, that it is very much appreciated what you do. And, and I think that's, a, that's well said, definitely. All right, so, you know, and being Final Four officials and being able to call in on a big stage, um, what does that mean to you as officials, if you can answer that? To me, it's rewarding because you've been rewarded by the coaches because they have a hand in it. You know, they make recommendations. You're an observer and assigners. They make those recommendations. But it puts in perspective the hard work and the dedication that you put to it that you're rewarded by getting district sectional quarterfinals and final four games. Here we go. And, you know, and like John mentioned earlier, we celebrate each other's success. And uh, I think you notice that when we're – when we're we go up to watch our referees and uh we're sending texts and and you know laughing about things it's um it is it's it's just it's great to be able to enjoy each other's success yes it is i mean i i i I get as much gratification out of john and and eddie you know eddie just as you mentioned tonight you know he's hall of famer now and uh, I mean that—that that is that's outstanding to say I'm I'm Eddie's friend, yes, it is. and uh, Big he's, you know, and he he mentored both of us sitting right here, and we owe him a lot. Yeah, well, you think- don't owe me nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I'm glad you guys. I get to work with you too. I'm in the end. Association owes Eddie a lot. They owe Kelly a lot. They owe Kent Henry the past Kent Henry a lot because these guys set the foundation for where we are today. And even though the numbers are not strong like they want them, there's still, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk a little bit about that, um, the official shortage and kind of maybe some ideas on what we can do about that. Um, and I do want to give a shout out to Kelly Holt. Um, I, Henry did such a tremendous job. And when Kelly Holt took over what big shoes to fill and he's done just a fantastic job. He's easy to work with. Um, he does a wonderful job. He's got a nice demeanor about him. Um, coaches and officials love that so and that's it that is uh the only time i'm going to be nice to you on the show kelly Holt. <laughs> that's it all right so i think i have a pretty good panel here so we're going to pick these uh pick these official brains throughout the show so we'll take our first break and we want to thank great southern bank for being our presenting sponsor we'll be right back with eddie duggar and john sterling and tim bishop I'm Jenny Hopkins. This segment is sponsored by Highland Dairy. Highland Dairy is owned by dairy farmers, and they've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938. It's a proven fact. Scientific studies, professional dietitians, they all agree. The ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes and officials after a workout is chocolate milk. And Highland Dairy has the best tasting chocolate, and they're a proud sponsor of a coach's perspective. We thank uh, Greg Stevenson and all of his teammates over at Highland Dairy. Greg Stevenson, a fellow official as well, who's Absolutely. been on this show. Um, and he's a longtime official and uh, mentored a lot of officials as well yes, yes. along the way. So thank you to him. Um, so we, okay, we're back with Eddie Duggar. 
future NBCA Hall of Famer. <coughs> and we have John Sterling. We have Tim Bishop. So I'm going to ask you um, a little bit about the shortage of officiating because you, you kind of mentioned that in the last segment. And there is a shortage. And there are things that can be, you know, some of the colleges can start implement, implementing officials courses again. Um, the Missouri State High School Activity Association, they have a new online, uh, the Ref Reps program. And so that is being offered at a lot of high schools and colleges as well for online certification. Um, what are some ideas that you think, um, you know, you talk about what you like about being official. Now, how would you actually put that into encouraging words? I'll start with Tim. Well, I, when I see when I see former players, mm-hmm. um, whether it's at a restaurant or just out in town in, in general, and I knew that they had a pretty good grasp on the game as a player. And I like to, to ask them, have you ever thought about being an official? And um, a lot of them said, yeah, I've kind of batted around a few times. And I asked them, you know, what's the barrier? And, and really don't have an answer for that. And then I, you know, some of them were college students at the time. And, I, and then I bring up the money that you can make as a college student. And with where we are now with the arbiter that Kelly has brought that into our association, you can choose, you know, what nights you work and what, what you can't. So it is, it's really conducive to a college student's lifestyle mm-hmm. and to work around school. Right. And so, and it's also, I really don't know what else you could go out and do that you would go out at the varsity level, make $150, you know, Right, you're the highest paid night. ones there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. yeah, and so, you know, I think if you could look at it, if you're going to go out and get a job, why not do something that you'll be around a sport that you love? Mm-hmm. And, uh, there, you know, there's some nights, yeah, you go out and hit, and I'd be, you know, be flat honest, sometimes it sucks. But for the most part, it is, you're going you're gonna to have a lot of fun. Like Eddie and John both mentioned, you're going to, the best friends, some of the very best friends that I've made in my entire life, our basketball officials, um, and it's uh, it, there's so many benefits. They far outweigh uh, the hazards or anything else that you wouldn't like. So you, you mentioned, you know, barriers. You asked them, what's the barrier? So let's talk about the zebra in the room. I mean the elephant in the room. <laughs> See, <is> it again. <laughs> you, you get yelled at. I mean, name a profession where where people can come out publicly and scream and yell at someone about the job they're doing. I mean, there's... You know, you don't have anybody yelling at at, at a banker that's sitting at his desk or, um, you know, an attorney or a surgeon or someone, you know, so you're trying to do a job and you've got to, uh, you're getting yelled at by people that don't even know you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, so that's probably a gigantic barrier because a lot of kids see that. How can they get through that barrier? First off, I think they have to have, you have to have a certain mindset to be an official in any sport. Because it is a tough profession. You're going to have parents that want to protect their kids. You're going to have grandma and grandpa that want to come see their kids. And everybody wants their kids to be, to be well, do well. And a lot of them may not be at the same level. So, you know, that's a hindrance. But as a parent, I understand the yelling. I never yelled at officials because I know what it's like. So I think that's where, you know, you have to have that mindset to where, you know what, I'm out there to do the best I can. And if you can have that mindset and you can keep it, your focus in between the lines, those separate the better officials than just the good officials. 
And, Agreed. Uh, yeah, and and understand that if parents, fans, coaches, they didn't have passion, there wouldn't be sports. Right. And so you have to understand that passion. Sometimes it comes out channeled in a crazy weird direction. But you know, it's something that we choose to do, and it's passion. Well, and I think about athletes that become officials. It's not like they've never been yelled at. You know, I mean, you build up a little bit of of coping skills to be able to handle a certain amount of that. Mm-hmm. And plus. Now, being an athlete, I think most coaches, they don't take it easy on kids anymore, you know. So, you already <laughs> have that mindset and thick skin. So, it just channels over to being an official. Right. I think that help, that does help a lot. Anything to add to that, Eddie? You know, you as an official, you can go out, night in, night out. And there's nights that you'll come out of there thinking, man, you know, I don't feel good about the job I've done. But that's going to happen. Did, did you ever say to yourself, man, I don't feel good about giving Jenny Hopkins a technical? Yes. <laughs> I did. No, I just kidding. Yeah, I did. I mean, I had forgotten all about that. Okay, quick side story, folks. Uh, listeners, if you're out there, Eddie Duggar did give me a technical one night, um, but I 100%, um, 99%, 98% deserved it. <laughs> well, now you're going wrong. I know, I know you're going wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, side story. It was during a game, and it was a tight game, and we, it was like we were playing a state-ranked team. We shouldn't have even have been in the game with them, and it was a one-point game, fourth quarter. It was back and forth, and three calls in a row, your, your partner, I felt like, missed, and I wanted him to come over and talk to me, and he would not come over and talk to me. So I decided to go to him. <laughs> nice. And Eddie caught me at half court and said, get back in your box. And I said, what is this box you want me to go back into? And so I, I said, I want to talk to your partner. And he said, Jenny, please don't make me to you. You said it twice. Jenny, please don't make me to you. And I said, you don't have the guts to tee me. <laughs> Whoops. Guess what? <laughs> I'm here to publicly say Eddie Duggar has the guts. <laughs> Teed me pretty quick. So the next day I did call you. You we'll, did? Yes. You and did. we did chat about that. And I apologized for being the idiot out there that was doing that. But, yeah, good times. So sometimes emotions get the best of you. It is. Um, and it's nice that we were able the next day to talk it out. And um, I always respected and loved you very much, even when you teed me up. I, I appreciate it. I did. I appreciated uh our relationship. Always enjoyed working for you. Yeah. You yeah. That. Now, if I could just remember who your partner was. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we, we'll leave yeah. that alone. No yeah. names. No names. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, so, so you're talking a little bit about, you know, I, I like the encouraging words that you're giving people to try and, and, and be an official. And I would say if you are um, someone that has been thinking about it and you want to be a part of sports because it's hard. Um, you know, we did a series on college athletes after their eligibility is up and how they have a little bit of an identity crisis. Well, one of the things that can help you is to stay a part of the game, mm-hmm. become an official. Um, you know the game. You already know the rules. And so it makes a big difference. And so working and training on the mechanics and is probably the biggest challenge towards that, correct? Correct. It is. And also, I tell a lot of athletes, reach out to your coaches. They've been your mentors and they are a good resource. You have some out there that know the game, know how to get you started and, and where to send you. That's right. That's right. Okay, well, um, we're going we're gonna to take uh, our next break. And when we come back, we're going to play a game. You know, we're going to play a game. It's going to be called Now's Your Chance. 
Now's your chance. <laughs> nice. And so, you know, I, I was able to broadcast the last two weekends, the, the state championship games, and I was listening throughout the uh, weekends to people in the stands. And I decided to start writing some of that down that they were shouting. So I wrote some of those statements down. <laughs> and you can't respond to them when you're officiating. But now's your chance. So we're going to get a chance for you to respond to some of the things that I heard in the stands. That'll be on the next segment, so stay with us. Thank you to Highland Dairy for sponsoring this segment, along with Greg and Melinda Burnett, as they support local and thoughtful radio. We'll be right back on A Coach's Perspective with Eddie Duggar, John Sterling, and Tim Bishop. Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar. Hey, they know cars and trucks. They know SUVs. They know service. And they know how to keep their customers happy and loyal. I've been one of them for over 25 years. Call Kelly Grant. Call Shane Rainey. They're going to take care of you. Give them a call at 417-326-7671. Thank you also to West Logging for sponsoring this segment. Westlogging.com. Find Danny West um, on Facebook or at westlogging.com. He's going to treat your land like his own. And thank you to Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance. I'm back in the studio with the Stripes. Eddie Duggar, John Sterling, and Tim Bishop are here. And, you know, I, I said we're going to play a game. And it's called Now's Your Chance. And this is, um, you know, something that I think is important because um, you do have to keep your head about you. You know, John, you said it earlier. you gotta, you know, got to make sure that you keep your head, stay inside the lines. Um, but if there is an opportunity that you would like to have a two-way conversation, now's your chance. All right, so um, these are some of the things that um, that I actually heard this weekend, okay? Um, and if you're calling, I want you to put yourself in a mindset. You're calling a game. You hear this from the stands, and with that, you, you're not getting in trouble now. So you can turn around and you can respond to this person. What would you say? All right? So... I'll start off with a pretty easy one, right? Mm. All right. Hey, ref, look at the foul count. Look at the foul count. The fouls are uneven. Tell your team to stop fouling. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. There you go. There you go. What would you say, Tim? I think what I wanted to say a lot of times is, where are you shooting from? Where are you shooting? Oh, there we yeah. go. Are we shooting outside or are we driving? Yeah. You know, you're thinking, you want to go logical. I like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, we don't count them. We just call them, you know, and that's just how it falls. Sometimes. That sounds like a T-shirt. Like you could put that yeah. on, on the back of your yeah. you know, stripes. Get you a little patch. Says, we don't count them. We just call them. And plus, sometimes we want to say you have a team. Your team may be pressing. The other team's in a zone. Exactly. So you're going to have more foul than yeah. a team that's pressing than the team's in a zone. All right. Okay. He's, that sounds good. All right. Um. I heard this one. This guy goes said it three times. That's just awful. That's just awful. That's just awful. All right, there we go. That's I would say, good. hang on, you ain't seen Deep my thing. awful you yet. Seen yet. <laughs> it gets a whole lot yeah. worse. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of my good calls. Yeah, I'll stick around. <laughs> <laughs> stick around to the end when we don't have a whistle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, very good. Okay. Uh, this actually was said. Um, 
there was a and there was a follow up. Uh, this is a two statement one. Uh, there was a man that was yelling five seconds in the lane, five seconds in the lane, five seconds in the lane. Why aren't you calling five seconds in the lane? And finally, I heard his wife say, "Hun, it's three seconds in the lane." <laughs> So you got someone yelling a rule that's not even a rule. Don't even know the rule. That's what. That's so what, you get what are you going to turn around and say to him? Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna, <laughs> I, <laughs> I hate three seconds in the lane. I hate calling that. Um, I'm going to give them, you know, six probably uh, yeah. to myself. And if I have to tell them two or three times, hey, get out of there, then I'll have to call something. Yeah. But I'm going to give them a chance and to get out. I'm going to tell them to get out and see what they how they respond. Yeah. When I was a kid, my granddad, I was talking a lot, and uh, my granddad, he had some zingers he could throw at me sometimes. And one time he told me, he said, Tim, why don't you sit there and be quiet instead of opening your mouth and everyone knows you don't know what you're talking about? (laughs) (laughs) There you go. So, yeah, just sit there and look pretty. That's right. Plus, that, that would have been a good cut. That would yeah. have been something good to say. Plus, sometimes I want to turn around and say, well, if they're in for one second and then they go across the lane, that's not three seconds. You need to know the rule. Right. They have to be in there total three seconds. And a lot of people don't understand that. They just see them in and they get out and it's three seconds when it's really not. But is that really what you want to say? <laughs> I mean, is it really just turning around and logically, calmly explaining it? Me? There you go. <laughs> there you go. Bring it out. <laughs> Come on now. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay, so what about um, this one? This was a pretty good one. I, I thought this was quite clever. I hadn't heard this one in a long time. Hey, ref, check your cell phone. You've missed some calls. Mm. Oh, that's pretty clever. Yeah, I would probably have to turn around and say, hey, what you? that's good. You know, I like it. I haven't <laughs> heard I that one know, before. I wouldn't even that's know how to first. respond, but... I've not you heard know, that one before, I but I asked that. him, what's my number so I can go check? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's right. good. That's, yeah, it was it's, a good one there. It's pretty clever. Pretty. Um, and this is an oldie, but a good one. Oh, you're missing a good game, Raph. You're missing a good game. There's a good game going on out here on the hardwood, and you're missing it. I tell him that's why I don't have a whistle, because I'm watching the game, and there's no need for me to blow it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No need to stop this. It's Why a good stop? Game. Why stop the good yes. game with my whistle? Right. <laughs> oh my goodness! Any more on that? This is awesome. Some things Official. are better left unsaid. Officials are trash talking. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some things are better. Yes, you're right. You're right. Okay. I wish you'd have told me that night that I had that Eddie was calling my game. <laughs> All right, now this is one I want you to set people straight. Set people straight on this one. Um, you hear this all the time. Over the back. Over the back, Riff. Over the back. A lot of people don't know what over the back is. A lot of times I'll turn around, you know, when I hear that from the sidelines, yes. I turn around and say, you know, you're exactly right. It's over the back, but they aren't on the back yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there we go. I always say if I could see space that's not over the back, just because I got a 16 kid, I'm not going to punish him with the pie two guard in front of him. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me ask you this. So all of the, have you ever in your career, lots of years of experience sitting in this studio, have you ever blown your whistle and turned around in the stands and said, oh, yeah, that, that was a travel. Sorry about that. Or, oh, that was a foul. So does it actually help for people to yell in the stands? <laughs> no. No, it does not. <laughs> it does not help it, at all. Zero. Zero. Yes. It, it's great. And it fuels the fire for their kids. 
But uh, you know, when you have when you have officials that are confident in what they do, um, it's great fodder, and that's about as far as it goes. Mm-hmm. Plus, it can backfire on some fans oh. because I've seen some officials that get very upset and just say, "Well, I fix this. I won't call anything for your team." Yeah, you don't believe it, but it has happened. So it does. It, it also sometimes cripples the coach from talking to the officials because, you know, they're annoyed uh, with the fans. And so sometimes that it also affects how the coach communicates with you as well. It does. I've had a lot of conversations, but the coach says, Godly, I'm glad me and you're on the same side because they don't like us right now. And I know your job is tougher than mine right. when you have to deal with them the next day. Right. <laughs> That's good. There you go. There you go. And what a lot of people don't understand is, too, also, um, we, we're not going to get all of the calls right. It's not mm-hmm. going to happen. You know, you've got kids running. You can, see a, you can call a better game from the stands. Right. Yeah, but we got kids running in front of us all the time, blocking our view, and, and that happens yeah. a lot. It really does. That is true. That is true. So, so let's talk a little bit about advantage and disadvantage. So sometimes when you don't call something that gets somebody to... To yell. <laughs> to yell. Tim turned his microphone around. <laughs> yeah, they all scooted back away from the microphones on that. But advantage and disadvantage, sometimes you let things go because of the advantage, disadvantage. Talk a little bit about that. Well, if you go back to the 80s, there was not a lot of contact in basketball. Basketball was a lot of non-contact sport. More finesse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and as basketball has evolved, players have gotten bigger, stronger, faster, and that's both genders. It's not single to the men's side. Women are the very same way. They're getting down the floor, you know, blowing us. I mean, we can't keep up with a lot of, you know, when those when some of those kids get going, we can't keep up with them. And um, there's a lot of some of the offenses they play where they're constantly moving. There's very few teams anymore that have a half-court set in offense. They're constantly moving and setting screens off the ball. There's going to be bumps. And uh, until that, if a player's fighting through a screen, until they're dislodging that defender or, or, or they're, dis, um, they're messing with their speed and their freedom of movement, um, a lot of times it's just contact. And not all contact is illegal, you know. And I think that's what is different. You know, I've sat and watched basketball games on TV with my dad. He's like, oh, that's foul. I said, Dad, they're just big kids moving through the lane. And um, that's kind of where basketball has evolved to. They're big, they're fast, they're strong, and they are moving everywhere on the floor. And so there's going to be contact. And it's not all illegal. I agree. A lot of the time when you've got a screen set on the opposite side and a kid just happens to turn and may, be, may, may make contact and one of the kids goes down while well, everybody in the stand is yelling, that's a foul. Well, it may necessarily not be because the kid may just accidentally just pushed him and not knowing he's there and I don't think it was intent. It has to be an intent to be a foul most of the time. So it's like Tim said, kids are stronger, faster. They move a lot better nowadays. So, you know, you just have to make sure you, you get your judge. You have to be in the right place to make good judgment calls. Right. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's part of training and getting confidence. Um, you know, Kent and Kelly, they've 
beating our heads from the time we started. Um, to be a good referee, it's all about angles. And you want, you've got to be able to move to see those angles. You want to be able to see between the players. And if for every play, I know Kelly, when I listened to him early on, he was, when I was, um, going through my first three years with mechanics, one thing he said is you need to have an explanation to the coach for every single play that happens up and down the floor. And that just, that comes from being in the right place, working hard to have those good angles. So if the coach says, or you hear the fans yell, that was on the back when there was, you can't penalize a big kid for being big. They've out jumped them and there's a gap between them. So there's really nothing. Although if you're straight lined, it looks like there is. You know, your small school, your one, two, class one, two, and threes, those kids can't play through some contact that your class four, five, and six kids can because they're stronger and you know, you've, that's where at the, bigger, at the bigger schools, you've got to have kind of a slow whistle and play through things, especially on made baskets, you know. Um, but at your small schools, they can't, they're not physically able to play through like the bigger schools are. I think um, a lot of times contact is, is, there is that subjective view that you have to have. Um, you know, what do you think, you know, it used to bother me when officials would say, well, that's not my call. That wasn't my mm. call. I wasn't in that position. If you see it, you should call it. So do you agree with that? I mean, you don't want to step on their toes. Let I, me be clear. You don't want to step yes. on their toes. But if you that, clearly that is, see something. If it's obvious, right. get the obvious. Get the yeah. obvious. However, if, if, as a, I, if as officials we learn to referee our area, like when I know when I go out on the floor with these two guys, all I know is I have to worry about my area. I don't have to worry about theirs because I know that they've got theirs covered. Right, right. And so if I go and I call across the lane, if I'm lead and I call under the basket and I call across the lane and I get in front of John or Eddie, um, I have immediately undermined their credibility with coach. You know, oh, they can't, he can't call. Tim had to come get that for you. And so when I'm with my partners, I feel like, my partner needs to be able to answer why they did not, why a player hit the floor and they didn't have a whistle. If I'm looking over there, I need to tell the coach I'm not watching where I'm supposed to be watching. But also, you want to trust your partner. That's how you build that trust when you mm -hmm. walk out there with somebody that you haven't called with in a while. Like, we've got a lot of young guys and we go out with them and our job is to make them better, but you need to get, you need to let them gain that confidence mm -hmm. to where I'm not going to go bail Eddie out if he doesn't call something because Eddie might have seen something different than I did. But if it's obvious, yeah, you get the obvious. But if it's marginal, you know, it, it may be a reason why they didn't call it. Right. And do you have that conversation? And like, let's go to the post-game locker room, right? Do you ever have that conversation with officials or even at halftime? Like, <coughs> um, you need to get in better position. You're not seeing, you know... Stuff that's going on. Yes, we have conversations, even during dead ball. Hey, what did you see? Or, hey, what did you, you think? Yeah. Hey, I saw this. What did you see? And second opinion, you always, how do I put this? You always want the second opinion, but still yet, some of your calls are a split second. You know, you might be going across the baseline on a switch, and a kid might be there instantly. So it's a judgment call. Like Tim said earlier, and Eddie, you just have to be in the right position to make that call. And if you're in the right position, I don't think you have too many coaches that are get upset, you know, because they know that you were in the position. And basketball, like I said, is a lot of it is judgment. So oh, you have that, oh, you have that out of bounds. 
and you've blown it, you're maybe 50-50 on the fence, and your partner comes running in. When I see these two guys or any other partner I'm with, when I see them come running in, I was with Landon Gray, we were talking about him earlier, uh, last week, and I saw him come running in. We didn't have to say anything. He just come run and looked at me, and I went the other way with it because I knew if he's coming in, he's 100% correct. And so we don't like to, if you're going to get better, you have to have constructive criticism and be able to grow through that. Otherwise, if we go in and pat each other on the back, when we go into halftime and after the games, none of us are getting any better. And so if you don't have those phone calls or if you don't have those crucial conversations in the locker room away from fans and family members or that may want to come down or something like that, you're not going to grow as an official and you're going to be stagnant. You've got to be able to be confident enough to be criticized. That's 100 percent. 100 percent. And that, that comes with that. That's the love of the game. Mm-hmm. You want to be, get better. Also, and you want to make sure you get the call correct. At the end of the day, you want to do the team, the coaches, justice by getting the call right. Absolutely. And we're human. You know, we're human. Sometimes we see things, we make mistakes, but that's why you lean on your partners. And, and if that happens, most time you're going to be the first one. When you get in that locker room, kicking your own self in the butt, and it's your partner that's got to say, hey, yeah, you missed that. Yeah, that was a tough call. Probably could have done something different. But you know what? That was one call. If you got your others right, like the old Steve Miller used to say, if I can come away and I have five calls on my, I can count five calls that I missed all night long, I had a pretty good night. So that's kind of how I, that's kind of how I used to, you know, like to uh, evaluate my evening. Yeah. Well, I think that's a, I think that's a really good way to say it. So let, let me ask you this. You know, you talk about the diligence of getting the call right and trusting your partner. Um, you've all called it a high level, um, you know, and at, at the professional level and at the college level, you can go to the replay. Do you think that would help the high school game, or would you rather keep replay out of the high school game? I think you keep replay out of the high school game right now because it's not as severe as the college and the NBA. The NBA, they're getting paid. The college kids are more athletic, stronger. This is their profession. They, you know, from the time they land on campus, they're training and practicing for that. And in high school, you've got these kids that are playing two or three sports. So do, I, do we really need in high school? my opinion, I don't think so. Now, this time that you might have missed, somebody got hit with the nose, hitting the nose, or you got a no, bloody nose. You know, those things are going to happen. But I don't think you have a lot of dirty plays that go, in, go on in this area high school. So what about, what is it that takes a, an intentional foul, in your opinion? You know, because sometimes intentional fouls, I mean, it's a, it's pretty straightforward what it is. It's black and white, no, no pun intended. But it, what is the actual, what do you look for to go from just a, a foul to an intentional? That's non-basketball. Non- if it oh. is a non-basketball play, that pretty much, that's kind of where I try to draw the line at. If it is, if it is something that does not belong on the floor, that, that's pretty much cut and dried with it for me also that's a two-fold question because you can almost have an intentional foul in every game the last minute when teams are trying to foul right right and you and you hear your hear the coach say hey we're going to foul if they make you know if it's not where you push me two hands in the back or where you trip me they're trying to make a play just or take them out on a layup that's a two-fold question but when you got a kid that's going to the basket and you just take two hands and shove him in the back and not try to get uh, make a play on the ball. That's pretty obvious intentional foul. Yes, and a lot of it is subject to judgment. You know, there's some that we get right, some that we don't. And you got 
some that are 50 50 that you could probably go intentional yeah, but block, block charge do you call it <laughs> then you get into the yeah then you get into the point okay you didn't call it the first quarter why are you calling it the fourth quarter right. so you it's just one of those subjective calls all right, so so let's let's pivot just a little bit and talk about some of your your training. Um, you know, we talked we've talked a lot about um, you know the physical and sports specific training on here, and then we've also talked about uh, mental coaching and mental training. Um, do you do any kind of? Um, I'm sure you do physical training because we talked about the fitness component. Um, yeah, so tell me about the mental training. How do you get into that right mindset? You said officials have to have the right mindset. Um, how do you get into that? First off, as an official, you have to know the rules. You know, you've got that helps. two coaches, sometimes assistant coaches coming at you. First thing is know the rules. You know, if you know the rules, that's going to take care of most of your mental side. Uh, also, you've got to go in and understand that, you know, you're there for that one game. Don't think ahead. Don't think about stuff that you can't control. You're there to do a service to the schools and the kids. So, you have to have that mindset. A lot of that comes from yourself, you know. And also, you know, the pregame gets you in that mindset with your partners. That's very you, important. You talk about certain scenarios. Hey, you, I got a team that's got a bunch of big kids. You know, they're going to be on the glass. You got to pay attention for goaltending. So you, you got. It's just like school. You know, you prep for a test. Same thing with officiating. You got to prep yourself and not just show up and just go out there. And, well, I'm going to put the whistle in my mouth and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Well, I know him well enough to to make it instinctual too. You've got to be able right. to call it on the spot. Right. Um, you know, if if there was, um, you know, I think that that we need to encourage more officials. I want to talk again to everybody out there. Listen to these guys. Um, there, it's a great opportunity to stay in there. We like we need more female officials as well too. We've had some female officials on the show, mm-hmm. and um, and there's a lot of really talented female officials in this area. Absolutely. Um, you know, and they can multitask. So that's yep. that's already so, a good. That's a good. Yeah, okay, I right, better yeah. read the room. I'm in a room with a bunch of guys, so they're not going to admit that. But <laughs> but I think that is something. You know, if you thought about it, jump in, jump in, and and give it give it a give it a try. Um, but I, I this hour flew by. My goodness, it did, gracious, yeah, it, was, it did. Yes, Very and quick. I appreciate you all being here, um, John. Thank you so much. I always loved having you. It always made me smile when you walked out on the court. So I enjoy you. being here. I enjoy it. You are a lovely host. <laughs> and a better person. Oh, thanks. thanks. Agreed. <laughs> well, Tim, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate your input. And Eddie, congratulations on the Hall of Fame. Thank Thanks you very for being much. Here. All right, so we're going to move into our post-game talk here in just a little bit. Um, but, you know, if you do see these guys out officiating or any officials, uh, what would be wrong with stopping after the game and telling them good job, telling them that, you know, that they did a nice job and, and telling them, you know, great hustle just like you do the players or hand them a pair of reading glasses. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. say you need these more Don't than I Yeah. <laughs> that might have happened to Tim yeah. one night. <laughs> That's a great story. So um, just take a moment to thank an official um, and, and give them a little bit of credit. We do appreciate what they do and how hard they work. Um, so we're going to move into our post-game talk, sponsored by Story Construction, providing high-quality industrial and commercial construction since 1966. Go to story.com, dot com. Next week, we're going to have two champions here. Jenny Talbert from Fair Grove State Championship in girls basketball. Class 3 will be here. And Becky Mollis will be here, national champions, College of the Ozarks. So we're going to talk a little bit with them about their programs. So now for our post-game talk. Officiating is a necessity. Uh, it's a very valued part of the game. If it takes willing, motivated, and athletic mindsets that are willing to put themselves out there and sometimes get out of their comfort zone for the greater good. We are grateful 
for the guests that I have here in the studio. We're grateful for the mindset of contributing to the game. I bet you can figure out what my challenge is going to be for you this week. I want you to do the same thing. You don't have to put the stripes on. That's not what I'm asking. I want you to do something uncomfortable. I want you to take a risk. I want you to have an adventure to where you are out of your comfort zone and do something that is a little bit out of the norm. Maybe something that you've been thinking about doing, but you haven't had the confidence to do it. So I'm asking you, take a leap, give it a try, take a risk, and see what happens. Of course, disclaimer, make sure your risk is healthy, but put yourself out there. Put yourself out there. You may be surprised how it turns out. That's how champions do it. And I'm going to remind you, as I do each and every week, I want you to be a good human, but live your life like a champion. Live like a human champion. We appreciate everything that you are doing out there. Continue to do so. This is Jenny Hopkins, and this has been A Coach's Perspective.